Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Have Tap Shoes, Will Travel. This week we have Ashley Gonzalez, with a Z, from the Radiant Rhythm Initiative, which is happening in St. Cloud this weekend, June 7th through the 9th. There are so many great teachers coming to Minnesota this weekend, so if you are in the area, check out RadiantRhythmInitiative.com for all that information. We're talking about footage, we're talking about improvisation and remixing steps, and we also even talk about the challenge scene from TAP. You're in for a treat this week, everybody. All of this and more coming up very shortly, but first I have to tell you about Anchor real quick. Z-A-L-E-Z? All right, yeah. Some people put an S at the end, and I'm like, mm-mm. What is wrong with them? <laughs> Hi, this is Ashley Gonzalez with Radiant Rhythm Initiative, and this is Have Tap Shoes with Will Travel. <laughs> it was Will Ferrell. Will, Will Ferrell. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, what's a, good, what's a good number, one through ten? Seven. Oh, right on it. doing welcome to the have tap shoes will travel podcast this is episode number 19 and i'm very excited i i took a road trip today everybody and we are up here and i guess it's technically is this sock rapids yes we're technically in sock rapids All right, but so we made it past st cloud to sock rapids to hang out with ashley gonzalez hello 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 oh yes from the radiant rhythm initiative Swinging into Summer Tap Festival coming up this weekend. Which we're very, very excited for. Oh, totally. And I'm, I'm thrilled, too, that, I was, that you sent me that message and we were able to connect and make it all work out. I'm just trying to figure out these mic levels at the same time so I don't screw it up. There we go. I think that's better, right? Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes, yes. Great. Well, Ashley... Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your life in tap dancing. Well, I've been tap dancing for about five years now, focusing on it. I first really started to experience it in 2013 when I went to LA Tap Festival. I wanted to do more dancing. Tap dancing was definitely not what I was thinking, but that's what my mom signed me up for. So I found myself in LA and I fell in love with the art form and I've been tap dancing ever since. Nice. What what was the when you say that it wasn't necessarily what you were going to sign up for? What were you thinking you were signing up for at first? Maybe like a jazz camp or some lyrical or you know hip hop, but sure. no, 
tap dancing it that's what it was supposed to be apparently and so was that with sarah then at the time no, um, that was LA Tap Fest when Chloe Arnold and Jason oh, Samuel Smith yeah. were running it. Yeah. And so so that was your sort of introduction into that world of tap? Yep. I found myself in the beginner classes in the morning, not able to do anything. And then yet I still had to go in the intermediate classes and be able to do even less. Wow. Um, and then I kept on working up and went to tap festivals and got my tra- most of my training from there. And... The teachers and faculty were amazing and gave me different perspectives on how to approach different steps. Um, and I just started to work up my vocabulary. Yeah, that's that's how you do it, right? I mean, you go to something, go to some place where there's a whole bunch of people that have been doing this for a long time. And you start to learn about the history of it. And you start to learn about where it came from and the rhythm and how, how musical like it, right. the art form is. It's and, more than just the steps. Yeah. Yeah, you really... You play it as an instrument. Yeah. And there's a history to it, just how there's a history to everything. So yeah. a lot of places offer some history classes, and there's definitely some books out there. And the faculty do a really good job of making sure that their students know that there's a history to it and that it's constantly growing and evolving in different ways, just following where our world in music is going. Sure. And so what brought you here? What brought you to Sauk Rapids from California? Well, actually, I've been living here all my life. I just oh. happened to go to California for a dance camp. Nice. Um, and there wasn't, tap dancing wasn't as big of an emphasis here, especially at dance competitions. It was mm-hmm. all about the hip hop and contemporary. So I didn't ever think I'd find myself tap dancing. Yeah, well, that might have been also why maybe you didn't at first think you were going to sign up for that. Right. And then... Here you are. Yeah. Now you're producing your own festival. Mm-hmm. And this is your second year producing the Swinging Into Summer Tap Festival. Right. And was it was it also at the the same location last year? Was it at that Holiday Inn that's in Nope. So St. this Cloud? year it's in Holiday Inn in St. Cloud. Last year it was downtown St. Cloud at the Regency Plaza. Okay. Um, but because we're growing and expanding, we needed a new, a different space. And so the Holiday Inn is giving us that space that we need um, to expand and have all the different levels that we're offering and the people who are going to come in and tap dance. That is awesome. So how many classes are you able to run at one time? We have four classes going at wow. one time, always. We have our beginner, which is... Uh, half the day youth beginner, the other half adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to make sure the adults have an opportunity since their children are in there taking classes. Right. And then we also have tiny tappers for the little ones. And then we have our intermediate, intermediate, advanced, and advanced. I, I noticed too, there was a, a post on, I feel like it was like a sort of comment post that they really appreciated that you had a track for the younger kids too. That you have a, what did you call the, it's got a special name. Tiny tappers. The tiny tappers track which sometimes festivals don't necessarily have classes for the younger right you know, kids like that yeah we wanted to make sure anyone who was any age and any level had the opportunity to come in and experience this and you don't have to be a professional tap dancer to want to go to a tap festival right we want everyone just to come together as a community and learn about this art form and from the faculty because they have so much to give to each of their students absolutely and just to experience it. Yeah, and looking at the list of all this faculty, you've got people from all over the place coming in. And so a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different backgrounds that they're bringing to the table. Yeah, New York City, Los Angeles, 
DC, Chicago, um, Florida, and then we have people from Minnesota as well. That is awesome. Yeah, that's very impressive lineup you've got going for this. And I I know that everyone's going to be having a great time this weekend. It's what is it? It's June 7th through the 9th. Yes. And not only are you doing classes though, which I also saw that you have some other events happening. You have a, a history session, is that right? And then there's also you have some screenings that you're going to be showing footage. Yes, so during the lunches we'll be having footage so people can relax in between their class and sit and watch the footage while eating some food and getting ready for the rest of the classes for the rest of the day. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, to have that opportunity, uh, my brother and actually Ricky and Nick Bowman and Brian Karoff, the five of us went down to St. Louis in 1999 for the St. Louis Tap Festival. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My brother Andy and I went the year before that and we were like, man, we've got to come back and we've got to bring people with us next time and so the next year we all went down there in 1999 Robert Reed had us down there to perform and at the time we were called 10 foot 5 and we were down there and this was also a thing that they were doing even then we would be in our classes and then you'd come out and they had footage playing in the lobby of the Nicholas Brothers stormy weather scene right right and even then everyone's like crowding around the tv to like watch it well, it's incredible. I mean, it, th this art form has been around for a while now, and there's so many different people from all different areas coming together and tap dancing. Yeah. And there's so much you can learn from the footage. I mean, even if you're looking at the steps or you're looking at what's going on during that time period, mm -hmm. or just there's just so much to to learn from there. Yeah. I, I think another thing that I, I've gotten from the footage was to see what's possible. Yes. Because I think I've seen things in tap footage that I would have never thought to do. Like jumping into the splits and coming back up? Uh, with, without time even touching. again? But they don't even touch the ground with their hands. They no. just slide back up with the power of their legs. And they're like, oh, piece of cake. Let's do it again. And the other thing is, if any, for anyone that's ever tried to jump in the splits, you get a sort of rebound when you hit the ground, like a ball, right? It hits the ground and it's gonna, it's, it has a little bit of momentum to get you back up. But not enough to bring you all the way up. No, and Harold Nicholas, when he's, he jumps in the splits and he, he sits there for a second. He doesn't take the momentum and then he just pulls himself back up with his legs. Unreal. They actually had so many hip replacements. Yeah. LA Tap Fest, um, the person who runs that, she, Kathy Nicholas, she's yeah. the granddaughter of one of the Nicholas brothers. Yeah. So when I was in the beginner class in 2013, I had her as a teacher for one of my classes and... Yeah. Amazing. Was she teaching some of their choreography, or was mm -hmm. she kind of? So I learned lucky numbers. Wow. Um, this past this past year at LA Tap Fest, I'm pretty sure. Man, I go back and look at their really old stuff, like Pie Pie Blackbird, when they're where they're like little kids, and they're still doing things, and I'm like, man, that would still be hard to do now. Right. And so much later, and to think in my they career. taught themselves. <laughs> right. It's inc it's incredible. And also, I've read that they basically choreographed their own stuff because a lot of times people didn't really know what to do with them. So right. they set a lot of their own choreography. Mm -hmm. They were the ones that knew their capabilities best. Yeah, of course. And this is why tap footage is so important. Mm -hmm. There's so much behind the, just the video. It's not just a video. There's right. so much behind it. And just being able to see that and share that with people, I think that's super important. Mm -hmm. So we're being sure to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to watch it during each of their lunches if they want. Yeah. And get to see a glimpse back into the past of what it was like and maybe even show some footage from today of tap dancers today. 
That's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, you you ask people now, and it, it surprises me. You you try to like throw out the biggest names in tap dancing, and they they look at you with blank stares sometimes that they don't even know who you're talking about. Right. So we just want to bring an awareness to it. Right. I mean, even if you say Gregory Hines, he's on a stamp. You know, like what more do you need? Come on. <laughs> right. Or you say Savion Glover, and they they look at you, and like the guy won four Tony Awards for his <laughs> for his show. Right. There's. There's so much there that people need to learn about. and I mean, Right. Tap is very much alive. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times people don't necessarily see that. They think of it as being the past. And mm-hmm. it's ever present. And this tap festival and all the other tap festivals around the world is showing that because we have tap dancers coming to teach and teach the history and teach what's going on present and what they're doing in their current professional lives. And yeah. they're here to share. Absolutely. Okay, so do you have any selections of footage that you're planning on showing? Like what are what are some good clips that you that you feel like every tap dancer needs to watch that you would want to make sure we're on your your top 3 playlist? Well, I mean, of course, there's so many in it. There's so many different like genres of mm-hmm. tap dancing in the past, but we're going to definitely play some Nicholas Brothers because that's a classic. Mm-hmm. Especially the ones where they go da- up the stairs and then work their way down the stairs and yeah. then they slide down the stair railings yeah. and the splits. Um, <laughs> that's a classic. The stormy weather clip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going exactly. back to the going back to the splits. Um, and then some Chuck Green, definitely some Gregory Hines. Yeah. We actually have Josh Nixon, one of our faculty members. He's the one coming and he's put putting together a footage clip for each of the lunches. Um, so oh, so you have someone curating this for you. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of putting it all together. And I mean, as tap dancers who've gone to a lot of tap festivals and spend time with each other, we've seen a lot of tap footage. And even on YouTube, there's so much. Yeah. Um, but there's always something that you've never seen before. Right. So I'm hoping that he's going to have lots of footage that'll be like, ooh, never seen that. And yeah. Just get to enjoy that and soak it all up. Yeah. I, I hope for those kinds of things too. Or- they're not just going to show every clip that you've already seen. Right. All of a sudden they surprise you with something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. What's what, How does the event kick off? What's what's going on on the first, the first day? Well, the first day we have our check-in that opens up at 830, which we are accepting walk-ins. But then everyone who's registered, they come and they check in. If they got a t-shirt, they can get their t-shirt. If not, they can buy a t-shirt. We're selling stickers. Yeah. And then they just get ready and then classes start at 930. And then we have classes throughout the day and we end the day with a jam session. So all the faculty and any of the participants Mm -hmm. um, who wants to come and jam, we're just going to get together and just have a jam session with music, maybe go some acapella, whatever everyone's feeling and just dance the night away. All right, you guys hold down for a second. We got to We got to throw down something here real quick. (laughs) (laughs) You guys take a break for a minute. Yeah. So, I mean... The night's going to be a lot of fun. The day's going to be a lot of fun. And then the second day, classes again. And then we end with a student showcase. So then we get a chance to sit down. The faculty and different peers and family members can sit. And people get the opportunity to perform a solo. And the faculty are going to write an adjudication for them. So they'll have something to look back and be like, oh, I didn't think of working on this or sure. just something that they've done well and so things that they could work on. Is it on like a point system or is it just more um, giving comments? It's more of just sharing your art form and giving comments. Sure. So they'll get a 
get up and they'll dance for us and mm-hmm. share what they love because that's what we're supposed to do. We share what we love and that's why we have this festival. Right. And then all the teachers get to write what they think, different critiques of maybe what they could work on, maybe technically or even create creatively and artistically and then things that they loved and what they liked about it. Mm-hmm. And so just to get some feedback on what they're doing, because there's always room to grow as a dancer. Absolutely. And to have a professional be able to tell you what you could be working on is huge to have that opportunity. Right. I mean, these people are dancing as their career. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to get some feedback from some people that know what they're talking about. Oh, yes. So one thing that I was wondering was when you were in California, you were signed up for this for this festival that you were a part of. And you took these classes, not really thinking as much about tap dancing. And then now you are producing a festival for the second year in a row. What is the switch that flipped at that festival? Like, what did somebody say or what happened? Well, as I said before, I have gotten a lot of training, a lot of my base training from tap festivals because I didn't have a tap teacher here to start off with. And so I'd go to the tap festivals and that's where I'd pick up steps and I would learn choreography and different techniques. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of, the phrase that I kind of lived by then was fake it till you make it because I was really faking it each of those classes. And little by little, I'd pick up more and more. And then I did that for the past five years. And I was seeing that I was given this opportunity to go to all these TAP festivals Mm -hmm. and take from all of these teachers who have so much knowledge to share. And I was given this opportunity again and again and again. Yeah. And then I wanted to then serve my community and I wanted to bring it back here. Sure. Uh, Because not everyone has the funds or the means to get to to these festivals to pay for like a hotel or food and the festival and just the travel expenses. And so I wanted to make it here in St. Cloud where I'm from and Mm -hmm. make it local because we have studios around here. We have tap dancing around here and there's tap dancing in the cities and up north. And so we just wanted a central location where people to come and take lessons and classes from these faculty that I've gotten to kind of grow up with the last couple of years and learn from. And I just wanted to make this opportunity available to them. So that's kind of, I guess, the flip that switched. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm trying to make the opportunities that I've been given available to others so they can learn and have the same experiences and maybe have a passion ignited that wasn't there to begin with or was just kind of hidden. Yeah. Like it wasn't you at the time, too. Right. Help them unlock their kind of version of that. Right. If it wasn't for that tap festival, I wouldn't be tap dancing today. You know, I I feel the same way about the ones that happened here. Back in the in the 90s, they had the Tappin' in the Twin Cities Festival. That was mm-hmm. one that was happening here. Yep. And Mary Collins and Taisha Collins were involved with that one. And they brought in people like Ted Levy. They brought in Savion. Yeah. They brought in Diane Walker and many others. I, 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 I can't even name them all at this <laughs> point, but... Lane Alexander would have been another one there. And then also Ellen and Kathy, the yep. Kathy Wind and Ellen Keen with Keen Sense of Rhythm. They they used to own a studio called Virginia Loma and they used to bring a lot of tap dancers in through there. And they had the Human Rhythm Project, the Minneapolis Human Rhythm Project that used to happen here. And it was kind of a 
in conjunction, I think Lane was on the board of it because he's okay. got the Chicago Human Rhythm right. Project down there, and he was. It, it was I, from what I understand, it was kind of with his blessing. I mean, he he came up and performed at it and everything too. So he also taught at it. So it was a sort of I don't know if you want to call it like a sister city type thing, but mm-hmm. it was with the blessing of Lane and Lane Alexander down in Chicago and going to those things. And then the St. Louis one, Robert Reed, Savion was down there. Jimmy slide was down there. The Maceo Anderson from the four step brothers and Prince Spencer was there. Fred Kelly, Gene Kelly's brother was down there. Alfred Desio, the guy who created those techno taps that were in the movie tap. Mm-hmm. He, he was kind of a wizard and he was down there. He was like tapping with his electronics and his shoes and, so you had a whole cross section of all these different people down there too. And it's amazing when you can get these people from all around the world and, you know, all around the country too, and bring them all to one place and be able right. to experience that together. And for them too, like they all know each other. All the teachers know each other. Well, it's a community. Yeah. yeah. It's a so, family. So you're, you're also providing them an opportunity to come together and like say hello and check in with each other and keep that thriving. And, you know, just bringing those teachers together so that they have a meal together. You know, those types of things are very important, too. Right. I hear all those names and I wish I could take classes from like all of those people. Yeah. And it's crazy to think it wasn't even that long ago. No. And I mean, the way things have changed now and progressed and the new generations that have come up mm-hmm. and that are now at the top and I mean, some of those people are still around like Diane Walker. She's oh, yeah. still here and Savion. Sure. But then the people who have passed. And it's crazy to think that eventually people will look back at these tap festivals and be like, wow, Sarah Reich. And, and I mean, Ricky and Chloe Mm -hmm. and all these dancers, they'll look back and be like, wow, I wish I could take from all these people. I mean, people still still wish that they could take from these people uh, today, but just to think of the legacy that they're leaving behind by teaching at these festivals and the impacts that they're going to make in all these students. Right. It's incredible. So while we're on this, this topic, let's, let's name drop a little bit. Tell us about some of the people who are coming up to teach. Well, we have Charles Renato. Uh, he came last year. Yeah. He originally is from Brazil. But now he's in New York city and wow. now actually is moving to in the process of moving to DC. And then we also have Trey Dumas and we have star Dixon they're, and Jumani Taylor, they're from Chicago. Mm-hmm. We have Leah Silva from L.A. We have Sydney Burtis. Uh, she's upcoming. She's my generation, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's up and coming. She's going to be in this next season of So You Think You Could Dance, tap wow. dancing. So I'm very excited to see that happen. Uh, yeah, I know it's always great to see tap hard. dancing getting on. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not one of the people that necessarily wants to be on those types of shows, but when I see tap dancing getting out there, it just makes me really happy to see people doing that. Right. I mean, because tap dancing used to be in the films and it used right. to be on TV. Yeah. And it kind of went away from that a little bit. And now it's coming back to just bring a little bit more awareness. Mm-hmm. And then they're the tap dancers who don't want to have anything to do with that and just want to tap with jazz music. Right. I mean, and and that's good. And it's good that we have that difference. And that's good that we're all able to come together and reach different avenues and bring people from like the jazz world in and bring Mm -hmm. people from the film world in and bring people from just our communities, surrounding communities in and just have a diverse people because that's what helps us to grow. And that brings awareness. And I think that we're doing a good job of, of reaching different avenues and 
making it aware in different ways. Yeah. Okay, so I know we haven't named all of them yet. Who else haven't we named yet that you can... Uh, we have Josh Nixon coming. He's from D.C. Great. Um, well, I'm teaching. Yeah. I'm here, St. Cloud, oh, South yeah. Rapids area. Represent. <laughs> Ricky is also teaching, Ricky Milan, yep. from here in Minnesota. He's also still got the most listened to episode of this podcast. All right. FYI. You <laughs> well, want to check that out? Who That's... wouldn't want to listen to Ricky? <laughs> I know. He's going to be on a future one, too. He, he told me he wants to do another one and tell us about his upcoming, was it the Rhythm Street movement that he's mm-hmm. been working on? He's got a lot brewing right now. Yeah, I know. He's He was just shooting a video last week from what I heard, and he's got a bunch of things that he's doing. He's got a, the Who Brought the Humbug? show coming back again yeah which you were part of last year right? yeah i was a featured soloist there and i got a dance um and i so happy ricky asked me and i was able to yeah. work with the musicians what did you think of that floor the floor yeah i thought it was good yeah i mean they had a nice tap floor i thought it was very live mm-hmm. i felt like you could step anywhere on it it was very live <laughs> and active that um from what i understand they had pickups in the floor which i i oh. really appreciate that the this is something that we've been experimenting with for a while, but it's taking the basically the idea of a drum trigger, which is inside of like an electronic drum, and putting that inside of the tap floor. And also, sometimes people will use these pickups for like a cello or uh, stringed instruments. They put this pickup inside of it, and then it makes it so that you can plug it into the PA system. It's kind of it's not a microphone, but it's kind of like a microphone because it picks up the vibration of the instrument. Right and as a tap dancer, when you embed those in the floor, you're picking up the vibration of the floor rather than the microphone where like right now I'm talking into the mic. And if you if you go down, if these pickups are on the floor, on your tap floor, and you go down to it and scream into it, it's you're not going to really hear anything come out of it. But if you just go like this, just like really scratch the floor <laughs> this is our asmr moment of the show <laughs> you just scratch the, the the and you hear it through the pa system really loudly and the other nice thing is mm. as you might already know when you put microphones on the floor and you turn them up loud sometimes you will get feedback issues right especially when you're working with a band behind you mm-hmm. in in the situation where you're working with live musicians it's constantly an issue with the band kind of bleeding into the microphones and overpowering what's going on. Right. And the sound person can only turn the tap mics up so loud because they're also taking in the band too mm-hmm. from the stage. And so if you have a way of doing it where you have pickups in the floor, then you don't deal with the band bleeding into the mics. It's just feedback. picking up that floor. Yeah, exactly. Nice. And then you can make it louder for you because usually as a tap dancer, I don't know if you've seen like sometimes people will set up with the with the monitors on both sides of them so they can hear themselves right and you can you can turn yourself up way louder and then hear yourself over the band and still have that good quality sound totally yeah yeah i mean if you've ever seen Savion perform he's always got kind of that configuration with usually they're up on on some what do you call them like tripod stands he's got a couple of monitors up there right and he really needs to hear himself i mean he's making so many sounds yeah that <laughs> Yeah. I mean, some of them would get missed if you weren't if you were playing with a live band and you just, you know. And this is part of the thing that um, was attributed to taps sort of, I don't know, when people say that it went away for a while or whatever they want to call it, like from the 50s to the mid 70s, roughly. And when you look at that time period, that's also when Elvis kind of came in and they were saying like the rock and roll kind of took away from the tap dancing because it got so loud. 
that you couldn't hear the dancers anymore. Right. And the style of dancing changed. People started moving in a different way. It wasn't swing the same way as it was before. And so then the dance style changes and it goes, who knows what happened to tap for those little, for that time. It didn't die. It oh, was no, still going on. Not. Yeah, no. But when, when that happened, it was partly because you couldn't hear the dancers over the band. Right. And, the and band it's only was, so hard you can hit the floor. Right. And another thing is a while back on Facebook, I was sent a thing from Eleanor Powell's estate. Her son sent me these tap mics that were used in her Vegas shows. And we got, this is where we actually got to test them out on our floor because we used her mics that were from her shows that she did. And I think it was in the sixties that she was using these. Ah. They're like 50 year old electro voice microphone pickups. And there's 12 of them that, that were in this kit. And I, you know, had them shipped to me. <laughs> it was just pretty cool. But we, we, some of them didn't work as well as some of them. But this is how we discovered, though, that you can really turn up the monitors nice and loud and you still hear it really clearly. And I know that Savion's using them on his floor, too, where he's got the pickups in there. And I think that's a, a game changer. Yeah. If you're going to use that kind of method of miking the floor itself. Yeah, it some makes people, it so the audience can still hear you and you can hear yourself and yeah. you know what's going on. Absolutely. And then you don't have to tap as loudly. It changes the way you would dance. If you're presenting your show in like a sort of concert, then now you can uh, be really subtle and really quiet and right. the audience can totally hear you. I mean, you have to think if you're presenting a, a full evening performance with an intermission, to do two halves of a show, you usually have to have them be about 40, 45 minutes, roughly. Yes. And then they have that intermission for 15, and then they come back for another 35, 40 minutes, whatever that is. And so that's a lot of time to get through. Yeah. You're, oftentimes with, with a competition dance, it's capped off at like three minutes, and that's it. Right. But now imagine going for 45 minutes before you get to go to intermission. You've, you've got a lot of time to kill. And I yes, remember of course. we were over in... Uh, we were over in Finland the first time we got to go there, and it was for the Helsinki Tap Festival. And Robert Reed was over there too, and he came to our show one night, and we saw him after, and he was like, he liked the energy that we were putting out. He really liked what we were doing. He also said, "You guys are just like going at it the whole time, though. You guys are just like totally slamming it the whole time, and you don't need to do that. You have to think of it as like having peaks and valleys to the show." Right, and that's what makes it the musical instrument that it is yes i mean it's a concert you're not gonna hit the drum again and again and again super super loud or play the same chord really really loud every single time there's it gets loud it gets quiet it kind of it creates this melody even though tap like the tap shoes don't make a melody itself like with actual notes of like do re mi fa sol la ti do right it still creates a melody with the different tonality that you can have and how hard you hit the floor mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of intention that can be put into tap dancing and those floors give people the opportunity to put that intention and share that with the audience yeah because i mean as musicians if you were a band you put together a set list for your concert you don't have like the heaviest you know most intense songs going the entire time at the same level Oftentimes someone might do kind of a song to kind of kick it off and then they will play another up-tempo song, but then they might take it down for like a slow song and then they're going to bring it back up with something with more energy. It's a big ride. Exactly. It takes you somewhere. And that's what you have to start to think of too when you present your work as like a dance company. You need to think of the ride you're taking the audience on too. 
It has to have something going on there. Right. Otherwise, it's just the whole time. That's know, why I'm really, really excited plan. for the jam. I mean, yeah. the jam gives you an opportunity to do that and mm-hmm. share that with people while it's improvised. And then also the showcase that we're right. having because then people get to go and show their art like that and be able to take us on that ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and I think with improvisation, you're able to do that and communicate how you're feeling in that moment. Right. Because you're oftentimes when you're improvising, hopefully you're you're not thinking about a bunch of things. You're not necessarily thinking about what you're going to do next. You're letting it kind of flow. Right. You're letting it go through you, I guess. Taking it on a... Well, it should be taking you on a musical adventure. Yeah. That should be the first thought. Musicality. That should be number one. And the steps come next i mean you have to know what you're going to say before you can do the actions to say it mm-hmm. yeah i think there was a point where a teacher told me to think of the floor like it was a drum and that your feet are like the drumsticks drumming on it right and it really clicked in my head from being this competition thing that i grew up learning and sort of i don't know i don't want to call it like broadway tap but more like Tap where it's done in unison with larger groups of people. There's a lot of like flaps. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. I mean, there's technique involved for sure. There's a lot of unison. There's a lot of staying up on the balls of your feet that you had to do and all right. these things. And it, it set me up to be able to take it and learn how to be musical with it later. And I think that was a, a, a good way for me to learn, but I don't think that's the only way people learn either. Right. Some people approach it as a musician right off the bat and they go from there. People have different avenues. And that's what's so cool about, I mean, coming to a tap festival or going to different tap classes Mm -hmm. around the world because everyone has a different perspective. Everyone has a different approach. And for some people, one approach might work. But Mm -hmm. for other people, they need that other approach to be given to them as an option. And then improvising on top of it, it gives them more freedom to figure out what is it that they do? What do they want to say? How do they want to say it? Mm Mm-hmm. It helps them find their own voice. And then from improvisation, you can then go and choreograph something and have it still be you. And I think that's a big reason why we have tap jams at festivals Mm -hmm. and why it's so important in classes here and there to improvise and just to hold that down. Because that's that's where it came from. It just came from improvising. That's how you find new stuff. Yeah. And that's how you experiment and create and... I mean, remix. Remixing is huge. I mean, everyone, you have all these steps in your vocabulary, and it's just how are you going to use it to make it different? How are you going to use those steps to say something? Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you're given all these notes, you're given this vocabulary, but you have to kind of write your own poem with it. Right. It's definitely an art form. (laughs) 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 Yes, that was never the question, right? (laughs) No. Uh, It was... And is there like a is there like a grandfather clock going off? Oh, it's no, it's the piano no, it's tuner. The piano tuner. <laughs> the piano tuner is over here. Great music. We we are big yeah, big music. This people. is great. Yeah, <laughs> I could tell. Like I I walked in this space. Thank you very much, also for allowing us to use your space here to yes, to record. This has been really nice to be able to make it all work out and be able to talk about the festival. But this is. Right now, downstairs here at Ashley's house is uh, the piano tuner. He's down there. I assume it's a he. I haven't seen. It's a he. I guess there I go assuming. But <laughs> I, the piano tuner's over there tuning the piano. So if you if you hear it in the background, that's what that is. And you're just you're just gonna have to groove with it. 
It's yeah. just part of it. It's improvising, right? <laughs> We're just improvising the whole time. Yes. Yeah, There's there was also something that I was thinking about, too, when you were saying this, is at the festivals, you know, I, I feel like I'm one of these people, too. Whenever I go to, like, conventions and go to workshops, I'm not always the guy that picks everything up super quickly. And sometimes I really, even if I'm really focused and I'm really trying to grab everything that they're, my, I don't know, I just start, like, for some reason, it's sometimes hard for me to grab every step. But what I always have been told about going to workshops and conventions and and these types of things, master classes, are you have to grab at least like one new step or one new idea from that teacher. If you if you set if you set yourself up in this way where you're like, okay, I'm gonna grab that one thing from them, then I'm always happy about that. Right. And every time I've taken from Diane Walker, I've always kind of grabbed something new. She she came in one time, showed us how to properly do the shim sham. Because we had a, an entire class that she walked in, she asked them all to do the shim sham, and they didn't have a clue of what to do. <laughs> and so she said, we are in shim sham shambles, and <laughs> that she made a, a call. I don't know. She, she, she tells the story a lot, but she, she made a call, and I, I believe she called Leonard Reed to confirm the shim sham, or maybe she saw him in person. I don't know the exact story, but either way, she confirmed it with him directly. Because she wanted to know what the actual steps were. Right. And so then she taught the class based on that, which doesn't have like the the flashy, like jumping out, sliding together moves that sometimes people will throw in there. It just and, goes like, back to the little scuffy things raw, aren't supposed cold, to yeah. hard, the that base. It's the essence of it. Mm, yeah. yeah. And it's it's not overly complicated, but it's perfect for what it is. Right. And it's come in handy for me so many times because I grabbed that one thing from that class or the Leon Collins uh, time step that she likes to do. Yep. Like that groove is just so different than any other time step I've done. It's just so if you don't remember the entire dance that somebody teaches you, I think it's important that you grab something from them. Right. And at the end of that class that you also go up to them and thank them. Of course. Oh, that's so important. Did I you? Mean, I mean, you grew up doing that, right? Yeah. That was like we were yelled at if we didn't do that at our studio. You didn't go up to the teacher and thank them for giving you the class. Right. They're giving you all this information right. that they've learned and that they've experienced and they're giving you their time and their ever. I mean, it's not the type of thing where they sit down and they tell you what to do and then you do it. Mm-hmm. No, they're up there and they're dancing with you. Yeah. Which that's the beauty of, of it all. I mean, they're they're dancing it with you and they're putting that time and energy in. So, I mean, we're kind of obligated to say thank you. Right. How could we not, yeah. you know, and just say thank you for your time and what you do for the tap dancing community and culture today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, that was that was something that we always had to do. We go up and thank the teacher for teaching that class. Right. And going back to like the combina- the dance combos, mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. It's not all about learning the combo and having to remember every single combination that you did or every right. single like little snippet of a dance because I don't I don't remember all of them. Mm-hmm. But it's just picking up those little things and you don't have to get all the steps to get something out of the class and have True. to do the dance perfectly. Cuz I mean, if you're doing the dance perfectly, why are you in the class? I mean, you're in the class to learn and to be pushed. Yeah. And there's always something you can work on. There's always something you can grab. And each teacher offers something different. Absolutely. Which is why we like to cycle the teachers because we want everyone to get a chance to take from all of them. And then we hope that we can get a few more to teach the class again because 
it's good to have the teachers again. And that's why you go to these different festivals because you had them here this one time Mm -hmm. and you get a little bit of a grasp of what they have to offer. But because you're not working with them on a regular basis, you don't know everything they have to offer. Right. So then if you travel from festival to festival or go and approach them and like, hey, can you teach me? Then they're able to offer what they have. And so festivals can be a great tool for that. Mm-hmm. Circling back around on that too, I was the, the reason why I started kind of going down that road and I kind of lost why, but it was because, so even though I don't always pick up all of the steps in class, like I'm not always remembering like the whole thing as we're running in at the end of class, I'm always feeling like, damn it, I, sh- I, I, I wish I could just like soak this in faster sometimes. <laughs> but but the improvised part, when you get to go and have the jams, those types of things, I think that's also another place where people kind of gain respect with each other and they see, oh, okay, that that dude can actually tap. He's just like, he <laughs> just wasn't picking it up in the class. I don't know. I always kind of felt like there was a little bit of an opportunity to kind of show a little bit about how you do your thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're taking the class, you're learning how somebody else does their thing and they're passing that on to you. Right, which and, is amazing. And you yeah. can apply that to your own dancing, but... This gives you a chance to, to test said. it in the field then yes, a little bit. There's something to be said about improvising and being able to do your own thing and to show people what you do. Right. So, okay, so if you were to improvise, what kind of music do you feel most inclined to put on when you're... And, you know, I know some people are, like, very diehard, like, it has to be swing music, otherwise it's not... Ta-. Like, I don't believe that. I, I, I'm happy that people do. I think that's great. But, like, I feel like you need to be moved by whatever it is that's making you want to dance. Right. And if you're an, a musician, there are so many types of music you can play. So who's mm-hmm. to say you can only play guitar to, you know, flamenco music, and that's it. You can't you can't play any other style of guitar. Right. <laughs> you know, like, that's kind of ridiculous. But I do like that there are purists involved. I do. But my question I to do you love is, dancing to jazz, though. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. yeah that's, it swings. It, it feels right for tap. And I think jazz, it, right now at least, is one of my go tos because yeah. I think to understand where tap has gone and where it's now, you have to go back to that to where it came from, and it came yeah. from it came from jazz. And so, swing. right now, I'm working on knowing my jazz and being able to dance to jazz, and then. I mean, I also do like dancing to songs that are a little bit more open and like not as much percussion. And then you can be the percussion for it. Yeah. And it just gives you some more space and freedom to dance within it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I am a strong believer in trying to not dance over the music, but dance within the music and find Mm -hmm. a way to become a part of that song. And even if. I mean, you don't have live musicians every single time you dance. I mean, how amazing would that be if you did? Right, yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, sometimes you have the song that's on your phone and you turn that on and I still like being able to pick out the different instruments and try playing along with them Mm -hmm. and still try to, like, incorporate myself into the music and be a part of it rather than trying to dance on top of it. Sure. And I think that's super important. Jason Samuels was talking about that a lot at the festival when he was here. What was it two years ago? Right. Yeah. He was he was talking about like when you hear the trombone and they're try to be the trombone, you know, mm-hmm. play the different parts in the music. Right. And the different and the different musicians when they play together, they play off of each other, especially in like something that's jazz mm-hmm. or something where it's more open and they're kind of improvising. They play off of each other and take ideas from each other. For and sure. as tap dancers, we can do the same thing. We hear the trumpet go da 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 da, and we could go da 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 da
play off of it and we can play off of each other, which going back to the jam, that's huge because Mm -hmm. when we're all circled up, I mean, you look at the person right before you and then it's your turn. You're not supposed to go and do your own thing right there. You're supposed to incorporate maybe something they do or like finish their phrase. Again, it goes back to musicality. That's I, I was talking about that recently on a on a podcast as well. But when you're passing it around the circle, if you're if you're ever feeling like you you don't know what to do next, first of all, stop thinking about what you're going to do next. <laughs> That's because, number one because that means you're not even listening to the people that are going that are singing their parts right then. Mm-hmm. You're so worried about what everyone's going to judge you and and think of you when it comes around to you. But you don't have to really do anything spectacular. You no, just you have just to do something that that works. Yeah, right. Like the shim sham. You don't have to do this extra flashy thing. Just just make it work. Make it groove. Make it sound good. Yes. It should feel good. Yes. And it's like every time uh, a violinist plays notes, it doesn't always mean they're the most complicated licks that they have. No, sometimes they'll hold that long note and just, one just note. let it ring. And I mean, we could take from that. How often do we play quarter notes? Right. <laughs> when I went to Tap Music Project with Sarah... One exercise that she has us do mm-hmm. is she has us get up and improvise and we improvise quarter notes. And it's so hard. You stand <laughs> there and you're like, I can only hit the quarter note. And I mean, you have to find a way to be artistic and creative still within that. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to eighth notes and then we move on to 16th notes and we get the triplets. But just remembering that we still have those quarter notes. Yeah. is important. Yeah. You got four to a measure right there. Make it happen. <laughs> yes. Sometimes three. Sometimes three. Sometimes yeah. seven. If you're, if you're waltzing it. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite seven, eight song to dance to? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dormisha got me real good at the tap festival. That would have been two years ago again. Did she too? ask that question? No, she had this She had this improv class, which I loved. It was so great. She she taught different improv ex- exercises in this class. And one of them was she was doing it in a circle and we all had to do things in fives and then we also had to do things in sevens. And I just, I realized that I don't necessarily think in those as often. Well, because they're, they, they're odd. They're, they're odd, odd meters. Absolutely. I mean, I'm taking a music class right those now Brubeck throughout meters. the summer. And I mean, I'm just reading about how the simple meters versus the irregular meters versus the regular. And it is supposed to feel different. Yeah. And then that's why we need to practice it. Right. Yeah. And these festivals and classes and these tap professionals, they're giving us that push. They're like, hey, try doing this. Like Dormisha, by saying that, we may not feel comfortable doing that. <laughs> oh, but we I've may been be thinking. Like, ah. I put a metronome on my phone now because <laughs> she, she, she taught the class with a metronome app on her phone. Yep. And that was great. And so I've been doing that where I'll, I'll put it, I'll set it to a, a five, you know, five, four time or whatever yeah. it is and just let it click in fives and, and just jam with practice. that. Yeah. That's what it is. And it sounds like crap a lot of the times what I'm doing, but at least I'm kind of working through it and right. trying to find how to sit into it. You can't just go to a class, maybe like a weekly class and go one, like one time a week and then not dance any of the other times and work on what you're learning in that class mm-hmm. or... I mean, you could, but you just won't progress as fast or, you know, True. as much as you could. Mm-hmm. And same with these festivals. I went from festival to festival. Yes, there's always more. I probably could have practiced. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but that's always the case. But you can't just go from here's the festival. Okay, now I'm going to take a break until the next festival shows up. Yeah. And so it's always working 
always finding different ways and taking those little bits, like going back to what we said about not necessarily knowing the entire combo. Right. But there was that one step that you did or those two steps or that just that little snippet that you could go and take it and work on that technique of it or remix it a little bit. That's what I was thinking, too. Like what you were saying earlier with the remix part, like you could maybe it's even a variation on a step that you already like. And now you've got a new way to say it. Yep. It's all about the practice. Mm hmm. Sweet. All about the practice. I'm seeing people posting (laughs) this constantly, too. It's just they're like, you got to be in there practicing. I mean, Andy and I just did a run of shows and then we're back in on, we usually practice Tuesdays and Thursdays for sure. Those are like our days that we get together for two hours each day mm-hmm. just to tap and we just get off of doing a run of shows and then we're back in there you have to. And then the people at the front desk as we're walking in in the morning to rehearse, they're like, what are you, what are you doing? Are you rehearsing for a show? Or like, we're rehearsing for all the shows, you right. know, anything that might come up. You have to be ready if someone gives you a call and they're like, hey, we have something in a week. And can you come do it? And if your feet have been still for over a week, then you're like, um, I could, but it probably won't be the best. Well, I'm and not so gonna tell them that though. Always have to get, always have to get the tap shoes on. Absolutely, yeah. Keep them going. You don't want to get rusty. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, and also sometimes times like time will go by and you haven't had your shoes on for a while, and then you put them back on. And you're like, oh god, thank god, it's still there. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I feel like, is it is it still in there? Right. And then you put your shoes on. You're you like, okay, pull, we're good. Pull it out. You're like, okay, it's still there. Yeah. Could use some work. It's still there, but, but I'm breathing there. harder than I normally would be. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's, there's all different. And I mean, keeping the cardio up, too. That's important to, to make sure that you're keeping that going, too. My hope for this festival is that it inspires people to want to practice. And yeah. It inspires people to want to take these steps and these thoughts and ideas and approaches and go and put their shoes on and practice. Yeah, that's. That's a good thing. What's, so is there a motto of the festival? Do you have like a sort of saying? No, I guess we don't really have a saying. It's just come, dance, have fun, work hard. Yeah. Enjoy Keep practicing. Yourself. Yeah. I mean, tap dancing should be fun. So we don't want a festival where it's like serious. Don't do anything but tap and only focus there. You mm-hmm. can't have fun because we want to have fun. Because right. if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? But so we want people to come and have fun and be able to dance and share with each other in the class and connect in classes and outside of classes and just be able to build that community. Yeah, that's great. And you're hustling, too. This is great. I mean, <laughs> you're you're getting it going. We're trying. Yeah, you're, you're pulling people together out here. I think I'm really impressed to see that happening out here. And in St. Cloud, I mean, it is one of the bigger cities in Minnesota. Right. It was either the second or third largest metropolitan area aside from Minneapolis area, Mm -hmm. St. Paul area, whatever. But it's still small. Yes. But I mean, you still have a good amount of people out here. Yeah, we do. And I think you've seen that. And kudos to you for jumping on (laughs) it and doing something about it. Right. Because obviously, from what you learned last year when you saw the turnout that you had and how many people embraced what, what this is all about... And now you're seeing growth this year. It's going to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. And it, we wouldn't be able to do any of it without the faculty. Right. And the fact that we are tap dancing creates a community and we are a community. Mm-hmm. It made it so much easier to reach out and be like, I don't necessarily know you very, very well, but I've taken a few classes from you mm-hmm. and I want you here at this festival. I want to build this relationship with you. Yeah. And then being able to reach out to the people that I know very well and be like, I love you. I love all that you stand for. I know you very well. I want you here to share with 
the people in my area as well. So the community that tap dancing offers doesn't just stay within, oh, I get to have this relationship with someone, but it helps you to bring people together and then be able to share this because this festival wouldn't be happening if I didn't have this community and if we weren't a community wanting to share what we know with people. Yeah. And so, okay, so what what do you see as you're going forward into the future? What what are some of your things that you want to work on? Do you do you aspire to have a company or do you aspire to continue traveling to festivals and and taking classes or what what do you aspire to do with tap dancing? Well, I like to have my foot in a whole bunch of different ponds. I I like to think I'm very well-rounded. I'm at, I'm in school right now. I just mm-hmm. finished my first year and I'm double majoring in vocal performance in business administration. Sweet. So I'm getting my business down and I'm working on like music theory stuff plus working on my voice. So maybe singing is combined with tap dancing somewhere, maybe a show, maybe dance in a company or yeah. have a company or teach at festivals. All I know is I want to tap dance and I want to create and still be an artist in that way. Yeah. And I I love dancing with live music. So, and I love sharing and being able to offer opportunities to people. So I guess we'll see where that takes me. And as you say this, I mean, there are so many possibilities that one could take. Right. And and have tap dancing be a part of it. And you kind of create your own job sometimes here in, Absolutely. <laughs> in the tap community, you know? That, I mean, that's exactly what we had to do <laughs> that's that's the story i mean you i auditioned for a lot of different people's shows i auditioned for things like stomp and tap dogs and those things and they didn't i mean i did all right in those auditions but it wasn't it didn't fit like for them i guess and so i i remember flying back and i was like writing down in a notebook i want to do this idea and called ricky and called a couple other people and, and we're like let's do this yeah and we entered it as a three-minute dance competition and did pretty well at like star power at the regionals. And then we got to go to nationals. And then from there, someone hired us to come do a five minute thing. And someone wanted us to do a 15 minute thing. And then we kept adding material. And it grew from there. That's, that's what it does. And somebody once told, or I mean, what I would see actually, when I would look at the timelines of how a lot of different performance companies, they all took at least 10 years to get something going. And you have to be willing to invest on that kind of longer term on the long run of it all yeah i mean this is your whole life you're talking about you've got this whole road in front of you it's a whole career it really is and it's been something that has every time i've left the country it's been because somebody brought me to somewhere to tap dance and they said we want you to come here and do this and flew us there you know paid for the meals and the hotels and things like that and sometimes a little something to perform you know but if you get to go somewhere and 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 do this then you know usually you take the opportunity of course, of course. Right? Yes. Unless unless you have something else that's already providing a, a really good opportunity for you before that. But you have to let it take you on that journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's people, so many twists and turns. Yeah, people are going to offer you jobs. I mean, but you also can't necessarily wait for people to pro- like provide the job. Totally. And um, so then you just kind of have to work on what you want to do. And in the end, I believe it always works out in the end. I think you're smart with the business. You got the business part of it too, though. That's the that's the smart part. Well, my entire family are entrepreneurs. Well, yeah, so it kind of runs in in blood. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, it shows like you're hustling right now, and you're you're bringing in some really good talent to 
come and share what they have with with these students and i think that's really cool that you're you've taken on a project like this and you continue doing it right and i get the education from school but then i also get the education here at home yeah. just seeing my parents run their multi businesses and sure. just getting to see that aspect of it all mm-hmm. and so it helps to be able to see what a good business should look like and what it shouldn't right um and how to get it to where it should be so I've had a lot of great mentors. I've had my parents as mentors my entire life. Thank mm-hmm. goodness. <laughs> I didn't get to choose them. Thank goodness I was with them already. Yeah. And then I also have my tap mentors who are working in the tap industry today. And I right. get to see their side of business and how how they do things. And everyone has, again, different approaches. Mm-hmm. It's not just on the floor that people have different approaches. It's to life. And I just get to learn from them and experience things with them and see them experience things. And I think there's just so much to learn from everybody. And that's why I love being with them all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing about business too, it's such a universal sort of subject. It's, you can apply that to any sort of thing that you want to do along that road. Right. And as you have all these options with tap dancing, if you have that kind of background and have some business sense about you, then that's going to also help you to pave your way into the future in a more solid way. Makes you think about things differently. Yeah. So. You've got a lot of great things ahead. I'm very excited. Yeah, good. (laughs) Can't wait to see where life takes me. And I'm very excited for this weekend. I mean, life's taking me there right now. So So for your classes this weekend, what is your kind of, you know, how everyone's going to bring their own kind of thing to the table. But what's what's what do you like to bring to people in the in the class? What's your sort of take that you what's the thing that you like to pass on to people? Well, I like to work on make sure that we're getting the, the technique done and then being able just to go over that basic step and then just to create something. And sometimes looking I like I love to improvise in classes. So mm-hmm. I normally end my classes improvising or sometimes I'll even start improvising and then you see what people have to mm-hmm. offer. And then sometimes I like taking what they did in the circle and then applying it to like a combo that we do. And sure. then it's not just my work, it's their work being involved in it, you know, and it's their ideas being put into it. So I just like getting everyone involved and I like when everyone can have a good time. So there'll definitely be some improvising. Good. Even for the youngins. Yeah. They're going to be like, what? And I'll be like, uh huh, we're going <laughs> to improvise. <laughs> But do you call it improvisation to them or do you have a different, do you say a different word for that? Or? I just say improvising. We're improvising, And kids. if they don't understand, do you're like, what's that? I'm like, that's where you get to make up your own stuff. Absolutely. Okay, so we've got these classes coming up this weekend. It's June 7th through the 9th. It's at the Holiday Inn and Suites in St. Cloud, the Radiant Rhythm Initiative, and it's the Swinging Into Summer Tap Festival. And the website, can you, can you tell us where people can find more information so that they can? So we have on our website, we have all the information of like what we're about yeah. and our faculty that we have and our class schedule. And you can register on our website and that's radiantrhythminitiative.com. And on there, you'll find all the information, the location and the different things that we have to offer. You can sign up for a solo trio a duo you can sign up for one class you can sign up for the whole weekend of classes or one day 
Um, we want to make sure that it's suitable for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so you can find information on there and just see what we're all about and see what we have to offer. And if you think you'd be interested, go right ahead and, on that website and go register. And we're, we would love to see you all in class. Yeah. RadiantRhythmInitiative.com. My last episode, I was I, I didn't have my notes in front of me and I had to confirm it on my phone <laughs> just to make sure that I was saying the right one. Because I, I didn't know if it had initiative at the end of the website, but it turns out it does for sure. RadiantRhythmInitiative.com. Let's double check just to be sure. Well, I was wondering if it was Radiant Rhythm, but it wasn't that. It's Radiant definitely, Rhythm Initiative. Yep. Yes. And so tell us about that. Why, why do you call it the Radiant Rhythm Initiative? Is, is there a story to that? Well, initiative because uh, we're, we're trying to take the initiative and bring this all here. And we're trying just to create this opportunity. And then Radiant because we're in the North. Mm -hmm. And when you think the North, we think the North Star. And we didn't want to say like North Star or Star. So we thought of like words that describe the star. And so sure. Radiant. So that's the Radiance having to do with the North. The initiative is having to take the initiative. Yeah. And then rhythm is the tap dancing. But we didn't want to say tap dancing and limit it to tap dancing because, I mean, maybe there's music involved, like creating a band or sure. creating a show. And then the rhythm encounters everything. I mean, rhythm mm -hmm. could be your your heartbeat. Right. I mean, and rhythm is. is all over the world. Absolutely. So Radiant Rhythm Initiative, that's who we are. Perfect. I, I like the story there. I like that there's a backstory to that. Yeah. It took it took thinking. Um, my parents helped me think of it. I was thinking of it. Leah Silva and Ron Silva. Mm -hmm. Leah is coming to teach. Uh, she and him also helped us think about it and come up with different ideas and brainstorm of how we could still make it mean something mm -hmm. and um, make it original and unique. That's perfect. Yeah, I like things like that, too, where you sort of encode things within. And this is not necessarily something to decipher. It's not like you were intending it to be like a secret code. But yeah, no. the way that, but, I mean, instead of saying star, that you would say, what does the star represent to you? Yeah, and then people can take it as they want, you know, because yeah. then they can go and they can interpret it and be like, this was my experience with them. I think because of this experience, it means this. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean... There's not necessarily a right or wrong answer. There's just the way that we thought of it. And there are going to be ways that people are going to think of it. Right. And we'd want to, we want to be a light in this community. And we want, to, we want to be that light of joy and happiness and of fun and loving and caring. And so that's also, I guess, a side of it that you could interpret it as. Yeah, that's the thing about tap dancing, too. You see a lot of times when you're at festivals and things, people are like smiling and enjoying themselves and having a good time and i think that's part of what it is you know right i mean swing dancing and jazz music was about having a good time going out experiencing live music yep. watching people dancing dancing with people and that's fun and that's the difference that you don't you don't always see that with every style of dance i mean yes you see it in other styles for sure but i mean when ballerinas are hanging out they're not necessarily like smiling and laughing and having a great time mm-hmm now, I'm really generalizing here, and I'm not to, it's not to say that ballerinas don't know how to get down and party. I'm I, sure they do. I'm know sure there's so many who do, do, you know? But tap dancers, they, they want to jam. They, they bring their shoes and they're like, hey, can we, 
let's let's do something. You know, we want to create. We yeah. want to express. We want to. I mean, you can have a serious dance, mm-hmm. and you can still enjoy it. But at our festival, we want to see people smiling and laughing and talking to each other about this one step that was so hard to get. I still can't do it. Or this one step that was like, man, that was killer. I just nailed it, you know? And it's it's all about that community. It goes back to community. It's Mm -hmm. all about the community. And we want we want smiles at the at the festival and we want people to come and have a good time and just to enjoy themselves and have this be kind of like a weekend getaway where they're still able to work and work hard because we mm-hmm. for sure want that in the classes Definitely. but work hard in a way where they're still having fun and they're still able to enjoy themselves yeah so do they put down i mean we're in a, it's in a hotel typically those types of rooms are carpeted are they putting down some floors for you in there and stuff too? Or So we actually, the Nygaard, they're a family that we know. Okay. And they have a flooring business. Oh, wow. And they've never built tap floors before. Mm-hmm. And we built a tap floor last year, my dad did, for one of the rooms. And then we had other room, other floors for the other rooms. Okay. But this year, we asked the Nygaard flooring business to help us out. And so they're sponsoring us by helping us create tap floors. And we're we're going in and we're seeing what's the best way to make this tap floor. And we want to sure. make it so it can last. So like for the next festival, then we can put it together. Right. And so it's really because of them that we're able to create these floors. And we built floors for the different levels and they'll be tapped on. And hopefully people will love them. I mean, I already love them. Yeah. And so it's, it's got to be better than those floors that are typically at a hotel that if you're at a wedding day, yeah, you have to like clamp them together and all yeah, that. I mean, they're still clamped together yep. just to hold it, but they're raised so you can yep. get a better sound and it's and better wood. on your knees. Right. Yeah. That's, it makes all the difference. My brother and I and our, my, our uncle and our dad helped us build a tap floor out of birch and it's, it's small enough to fit in the back of a Honda CRV. And it, when you assemble it, it ends up being 12 feet by six and a half feet. So it's not huge, but it, for two people to be on it, right. it works pretty well. It's like six panels. And we measured the back between the two wheels to, to see how wide we can make our floor. Because <laughs> we, we measured it just so it would fit right in there. And it works really well. And having your own floor is such a game changer because you have a consistent instrument that you're it's dancing It's really on. a blessing. Yeah. You you. And it, it beyond all that, it's it's almost like a necessity. It's right. becoming that I think with with tap dancing, a lot of people start to bring their own floors, and for you to have that kind of an in to to provide flooring like that for classes, and you've got your mind set on that too. You're thinking of all the different angles mm-hmm. as a tap dancer and as a musician. And, and it's cool because I'm not just giving them the work to do. Right, like me and my parents. We go in and we help in the process also. So we're being able to see that process and being able to help out in it. So it's so actually building the floor. Yeah. So oh, you're in there like yeah with tools and everything. Yeah. Yes. Moving all the wood, putting it all together, wow. drilling it all in, cutting it. Do you so, post the stuff? I haven't. I haven't looked at the. I know you have an Instagram and a Facebook for the initiative. We just posted last week some pictures of okay. us putting, or two weeks ago, putting the boards. Uh, starting to put the boards together and building it is that instagram uh facebook it might be on instagram also cool yeah you can kind of sometimes you can make it so that it posts on both yeah but we do have an instagram and a facebook and we like to post the process of it and make sure that 
people know who the faculty who are like who are coming and make sure they know that but also post like building the tap floors that's important because that's a process and to getting to where the festival is going to be and i mean i'm going to be teaching i'll be taking classes Mm -hmm. i'm building tap floors i'm doing the business side of it kind of the face of the whole thing t-shirts like i get to have my foot all over like you know i get to see it all like from the center and i get to see what's going on and how we're doing this and the different approaches and what worked last year and what could be could have been done better last year that we're working on this year Mm -hmm. and so i think it's a blessing for me to be in this position where i can produce this festival yeah and i can learn about things i didn't necessarily know i was going to be learning about right yeah i think that's owning any sort of business of your own if you have a company as you go forward i don't think you always would who knows who knows if you'd make the decision (laughs) to do that thing if you knew all that stuff that you're gonna go through but i think as you look back you go man i wouldn't have traded that for anything yeah it's such a learning process yeah and i mean i'm being blessed by this process while trying to make a blessing for all the students who are coming yeah and so I trying mean, to spread it out there it's Let, a win-win absolutely yeah you, you get to bring together some of your favorite teachers and some some people that you want to learn from and then you also get all these other people who get to benefit from it too and right and then you also are teaching some of your own classes passing on what you've learned that's great yeah then the jams <laughs> and the showcases so what is okay? So if you if you have a person who comes up to you and they don't know much about tap dancing, what movie do you refer them to? What movie is there? Is there a film that you refer that you say you got to go watch this? Well, I I really like the movie Tap. I really like the challenge section yeah. of that because literally it's all the greats That's coming everything. together to improvise. Oh, it's so important that piece. Yeah, I was told that when they were filming that, literally they were just jamming the entire day and there was no stopping them. So like they got the clips that they needed and then they just kept going. Yeah, they did. And I mean, uh. that's incredible. And so I think that's real, you know, that's that is real. That's real right there. And those, those greats, that's who they are and they're dancing their styles. I mean, you see Jimmy do his slide in there yeah. and see Harold Nicholas jump in the splits. <laughs> yeah. Like you, I mean, there's just so much beauty to that. Um, and so I think that's more of like a clip that I would I would like people to be able yeah. to see. Um, so I don't ne- know if there's necessarily like you need to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I like seeing all which is why tap footage, I think, is very important because there's clips from all over the place. And there's this dance and there's this dance. Mm-hmm. And and I just I like that. And like I love seeing some of the clips of people who were in classes and they recorded like the greats doing the combo or the greats just jamming out you know i mean there's so much beauty to that so i'm all about the footage we got to take a a class from henry letang when we were at the st louis festival and he would jump behind the piano and play the music for class and then he'd come back out and teach us the combo and you're like all right here we go then he'd go back (laughs) and play the piano while standing up the whole time a lot of the a lot of the greats they were multi musicians. They could play right. an instrument, or they could sing. They could tap dance. Like they knew their music. How often do you see dancers in their eighties and in their nineties still getting out there and like being able to do something? Right. And like I don't know any other style of dance where you see that. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, tap dancing exists. is hard on your body. I mean, it could be right. harder on your knees and your hips. And, sure. But especially the aggressive, like jumping in the splits. Right. If you're if you're really into the flashy. But it doesn't necessarily always have to be that. And you can dance no. light and that's still tap dancing and that's still artistry. And so this older generation is able to still show us something mm-hmm. and perform for us. And we're still able to take in all of that because, I mean, as dancers, we're supposed to be taking care of our bodies. Of that's course. very, very important. And just the life that tap dancing has. And I mean, I've seen so many of the older generation tap dancers being able to dance. I mean, Arthur Duncan. Yeah. I've seen him still be able it. to dance more, like countless times. Right. Which has been amazing. And he's a little bit older, but because of the way tap dancing is, it gives him that that ability to still perform and still share and still even teach. And he kept it going too. I mean, he was one one of the ones that from that time when the rock and roll was taking over. I mean, he kept all. He was one of the people that was there doing. He was on a he was on a TV show consistently um, when he was younger. And he always made his appearance appearances on there, and yeah, he did a lot for the community. Yeah, and he's still doing it. I mean, it blows my mind. That's what that's what inspired me at one point where I was like, "Wow, you can do this when you're in your 80s." Yeah. So I'm gonna like do that. <laughs> it's not the type of career that has to be like vanish. You don't necessarily have to retire from it, right? Or you could retire from it, but still do it. And I mean, maybe not do it full time. But you're still able to do it and still able to share. It's just making music. Even if you can't really move your legs, even if you just use your toes, there's right. so much you can do with just toes, you know, or mm-hmm. just heels. And the, the thing that I remember, too, in St. Louis was having all the old people hanging out, like all the guys that were like hanging out mm-hmm. from back in the day. And they were just like you'd come out of class and Jimmy Slide is just hanging out. And they're just like sitting in a chair talking with somebody. That's what I love about festivals. I actually love that. I love when the faculty makes themselves available to the Mm -hmm. students because then you're able to build that connection with them and learn from them. And the faculty that I have, they may not be in their 80s, but they they have grown up taking from these greats and going to tap festivals and going to weekly classes from them. So they have so much of that knowledge that they're able to share. They're the link. Right. So if we just... And like they have their own stories too that they can share and their own experiences. So right. when they make themselves available at, at tap festivals, you can go and talk to them and learn from them and build a relationship outside of just the classroom because mm-hmm. the classroom's great and you learn so much from there. But there's also something for being outside of it. Mm-hmm. And so my goal is so is that my faculty or the faculty of Swing Into Summer is available for the students who want to connect with them in that way and that they're available for them to talk to. I mean, never have I gone to a tap dancer at a festival and be like, hey, can I talk to you? And they'd be like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, got to go. Yeah. I mean, maybe if they had to go teach a class and then they're just like, I'll catch up with you some other time. I have to go teach. But I mean, they're so willing to share and Mm -hmm. they're so willing to teach. They're teachers. Absolutely. They're teachers, but they're also like, passers on of history right they are knowledge vessels <laughs> that are like <laughs> they really are they soaked it in from some of the greats and now they're able to pass it pass it on mm-hmm. it's a sort of game of telephone that just keeps getting passed on 
So I'm hoping people here in the St. Cloud area and even regionally, because like we have some people from Wisconsin coming. Oh, awesome. And so I'm hoping that the teachers here are going to inspire them and going to share something with them that they didn't know. Well, I know they're going to, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm just excited to see how that ignites a passion or a fire inside them or like light a little switch like, oh, I never thought of that before and yeah. be able to see things from different perspectives. And so I think this TAP Festival is going to be a really good thing for the community here. Yeah, I think it will be too. Where's a place that you haven't been yet, but you want to bring your TAP shoes there? Everywhere in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, um, are you meaning like a tap festival or it just could be a tap festival a or a place that's calling you that you feel like you need to bring your shoes to? Well, one place is Australia. I've always wanted to go to Australia just to go as a vacation. But then I performed with the world championships um, yeah. for America in South Korea and I was the only American who went. Wow. And I had a friend that I met from LA Tap Fest uh, who was on the Australian team. And so I went there and the Australian team just kind of took me in. Oh, and that's so great. I they're like my family. I love them. I love them all so very much. Mm. And I just want to go. I haven't tapped with them in so long. I haven't seen them in so long. And I just... I would love to take my shoes there, maybe go to like their Sydney Tap Festival or Melbourne Tap yeah. Festival or even just to go and jam with them. Absolutely. I mean, there's some crazy feet down there. Yeah. I, what is that? Now I'm blanking. There are there. I, I follow different people on Instagram that are just uh, like Grant Swift and some of the people that I see on there. That, and Brianna Taylor is coming up yeah. and Jack Egan. And do you ever think of like maybe bringing people from there to come to your event or? we're thinking because i mean different we're this is only our second year oh I'm, so it's growing this right, is beautiful it's, yeah. it's definitely growing and we want to start maybe bringing in once a year um a foreigner whether that's from australia like jack egan from australia or just someone from another country right. basically i mean because i mean tap dancing was established here and it was created mm -hmm. here but there's also different takes of it elsewhere sure and I think there's knowledge elsewhere also. And so just to get in a foreigner and then they're also adding in the cultural experience, you know, you also have to consider that you're bringing people here to then bring that back to where they go. Right. And if you want to be a person who keeps putting it out there, then, you know, and keep the community growing, then not only is it about them bringing their perspective to you, but then you're showing them a little bit about what you do. And then they go back home and tell their friends about it too. Right. I mean, we have Charles Renato coming. Yeah. He came go. last year too. And he's originally from Brazil. Yeah. And so he has a lot of Latin vibes. I mean, that's not all that he has to offer, but right. he definitely has a good base in that. And he's able to come and then also offer like different cultural perspectives or, you know, so I think it's a blessing to have people from elsewhere just to come. Oh, yeah. I mean, it feels like a totally different culture from L.A. versus New York City or, Definitely. you know, D.C. or Chicago. Like Every place has their own thing. Mm -hmm. And so if we're able to bring it all together, then we're able to bring all those things together and experience them all. Yeah. Each city has a different pulse. Mm -hmm. 
and there's so many different pulses within each of those cities yeah like within la there's a whole bunch of different things going on absolutely yeah it's not it's not the same tempo no (laughs) great well is there anything else that you would like to share about your upcoming festival or about your experience with tap dancing or is there anything else that you would like to also tell people about at this time I just say this festival is going to be so much fun. Yeah. And I'm excited for everyone who's already registered. And if any of you want to register, register. We're going to have so much fun. And I'm really looking forward to just having this experience with everyone. I mean, I'm experiencing experiencing it just as much as everyone else is. So I'm just ready to have a good time. And I encourage everyone else to come with good attitudes and ready just to have fun and to connect. So get ready, everyone. Go go online to RadiantRhythmInitiative.com and check it out. Sign up for some classes this weekend. It's going to be great. Register now. It's not too late. Yes. We'd like to thank Ashley Gonzalez for being here today. Thank you for coming up and visiting me oh, today. Man. It was great. It was worth the drive. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I need an excuse to get up to St. Cloud. You know, this was a great oh, yeah. one. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk. And I know that we're going to be able to talk with some of the people this weekend as well up at the festival so on a future episode we will have some additional voices being heard from all around the country and hopefully ashley will be able to talk with us a little bit during the festival too and i know you're gonna be very busy but uh, (laughs) maybe maybe we can get like a little check-in and can let us know how the festival's running for your little, little update yeah that'd be great awesome thank you so much for coming yeah thank you oh i also have i have a cd for you I know people don't really use CDs anymore. Oh, sorry about that. Can you hear that? Good. Okay. I've also got a CD for you. This is the Bucket Drummond Volume 1 CD. And it's my brother and I, and we use it a lot on this podcast. But each track on there has the beats per minute listed. So it kind of lists the tempos. And none of the songs have any lyrics or anything like that. That's just all based off of bucket beats. And then we did overdubs of like cowbells and tambourines. And it's also on Spotify and iTunes. But... Cool, thank you. Give you you one of those. I'm excited to listen to it. Yeah. Jam out. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again, Ashley. And I wish you nothing but the best of success with this upcoming weekend and beyond. Thank you very much. All right. Once again, we'd like to thank Ashley Gonzalez with RadiantRhythmInitiative.com and also Andy Oslin, my brother, for helping us with the music for this week and actually every week's podcast episodes thus far he's he's helped us with the music uh check him out and a one is on itunes and then also bucket drumming volume one is available on itunes and spotify and all those great places too we would also like to thank matt and carrie over at the dancing fair for making those wonderful shoes that you make over there Check them out at dancingfair.com. Also, Ryan Grams with Up Top Films. We want to give Ryan a shout out. Thank you, Ryan, for, for helping us with the technical support for this episode. And also to you, of all people, right? I want to thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being on this journey with us. And, you know, I was on the Anchor website or on the app, like in my account. And I was able to look at some of the analytics from from past shows that we've had so far. This is episode 19. So we've had, you know, 18 episodes to look at so far. And we've got people tuning in in Australia, in Canada, in New Zealand, 
in the United Kingdom, in Ukraine, in France, Denmark, Germany, India. That's crazy. And I mean, this is blowing my mind just to think like this was my New Year's resolution. I'm, I wanted to make a podcast and put out these episodes. And now people are in India listening to it. So thank you for being here, all of you. And if you want to send me a message, go on to anchor.fm slash have tap shoes will travel and leave me a message on there. I'll play it on a future episode. Nobody's left me a message yet. So I'm hoping one of you will go on the interwebs right now. Go type it in anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M, like a radio station, slash have tap shoes will travel. All right, send me a message. Say something. Let me know what you think. All right, I hope you're all having a wonderful week, and we hope to see you in St. Cloud this weekend at the Radiant Rhythm Initiative. And we will be back next week. I'll have I'll be talking with some people up there. So we're going to have some new episodes. I don't know with whom we're going to be speaking, but it's going to be great. We've got a room up there to be talking with people in. And I'm excited to bring that one to you as well. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.
tap shoes will travel. The podcast hosted by Rick Osland is available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Anchor.fm. Connect with us today on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.